Steel Studies. Happy Saturday, y'all, and welcome to the bag. Yes, it's time for that bag, the Steelers Saturday mailbag here on episode number 311 of the study session. It is May 7th, 2022, and I'm very excited that you're joining me here today for the show that you create. As always, want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of the Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show like I'm about to do today on the Steeler Saturday Mailbag. And also, please... Be sure to check out the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim and I have been recording every other week this offseason. We just wrapped up an episode on the draft, covering the picks, talking about their potential contributions this season for the Steelers. Jim is super knowledgeable and insightful about your Pittsburgh Steelers having covered the team since 1995. You want to check it out, it is linked in the show notes. And so, study ends. It's time for another bag. Here we go. Your questions, my reflections. First up, we got Mike out of Harrisburg. I think Harrisburg is the number one spot for where these questions come from. So, Harrisburg represent. So Mike asks, does Kenny Kenny Pickett start in year one? Wexel says Rudolph sticks around. What's the argument? Well, first of all, Mike, out of Harrisburg, thank you so much for the question. So yes, if you listened to the Still City Insider podcast earlier this week, you heard Jim Wexel say he thinks that not only will Mason Rudolph be around, but he's got the best chance to be a starter at the beginning of the season. I push back on him a little bit with that. And he says my argument has no basis. But let me explain my logic here and how I would approach your question about does Kenny Pickett start in year one. Here's what I'd say, Mike, and I've been pretty consistent about this this entire offseason, regardless of who the quarterback is that gets drafted. I think the Steelers are best served to let either Mitchell Trubisky or if Mason Rudolph is around, which I don't see that happening, to start the first part of the season. Give them an opportunity to show that they can excel, that they can help this team be successful. And should that not work, should the team sputter and not win games, then you could go to your rookie quarterback. Now, the upside with Pickett is that he is probably the most game-ready of the big five that we've covered ad nauseum on the show. And he's probably ready to start a little bit sooner than the rest of the quarterback crop. So, to answer your question, does Pickett start in year one? Yes, but only if Trubisky fails 
and only after Trubisky has been given an opportunity. I think Pickett should be given some time and space to develop and to grow instead of throwing him right into the fire. Let him get accustomed to the speed of the game, just the environment of an NFL stadium, and then make the move there. But I don't think you could put him right out on the field. And I just think it's too risky because if it doesn't work out, you're you're putting in jeopardy his confidence. There's a lot to be said for a quarterback's confidence. You don't want Pickett to lose that too early. And then as far as Wexel's argument for Rudolph sticking around, it's that he's the only guy who knows the organization, who knows the offense, who's familiar with the personnel. He has put in his time that they want to at least see if their investment yields any fruit. And who's better, Rudolph or signing some veteran free agent to come in and serve as a backup? And Wexel's argument is that Rudolph is that better choice. So, Mike, thanks for your question. It's going to be a lot of fun this offseason and in training camp to watch this quarterback battle. And thank you for your question. Moving on here, we have Ann out of shady side and writes you were way off with Sam Howe why do you think he fell and thanks so much I was way off I if you would have told me that Sam Howe would have been selected in the fifth round I would have laughed I'm very very surprised that he lasted that long and it could be a variety of things why he got pushed down the draft board The fact that he didn't have as good as a season his junior year as he did his sophomore year, I think his size hindered him a little bit. I think for as much as he throws a tremendous deep ball, the best deep ball out of the entire group of quarterbacks, that it always looked like he had to give a monumental effort to throw that ball. So I think there were concerns about that as well. But, Anna, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm not an NFL evaluator. Maybe it's a combination of those things that I mentioned. Maybe it was just that there were other players who were more valuable. But I will say this. I'm a big fan of Howell, and I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm going to be following his career. And I do think that he could be a special player. I talked about, you know, everybody said that Kenny Pickett has the most experience out of all these quarterbacks. Well, that's not true when you look at it from the perspective of just sheer number of throws between high school and college. Sam Howell takes the cake there by a long shot. So, you know, every team, every organization values different things. And in this case, a lot of teams had players rated higher than Howell, and they just didn't see it as a value prior to the fifth round. But like I said, I am going to be rooting 
for Sam Howell. I may even adopt the Commanders as my second team. And I'm really looking forward to watching him play and seeing what he can do. And seeing if I was right in my assessment. And if I'm not, I'll eat my words. And I'll humbly acknowledge it here on the show. And again, I'm rooting for all these guys. It it was fun doing all the off-season study. And I feel like I'm invested in all of them. So I'm really looking forward to just watch their careers over the next 10 plus years. And thank you for your question. Next up, we have Stan out of Morgantown, West Virginia. I think this is the first question out of West Virginia. What up, Stan? Stan the man. Stan writes, who is the draft pick who contributes the most in year one? To me, that's easy. It's George Pickens. I think he's pro-ready. Sure, he's coming off that ACL tear, but he's going to be healthy and rehab by that time. But that guy just has all the tools and traits. He's got the football mentality. He's physical. He's aggressive. I'm really excited to see what he does on the football field. And I think at minimum, he catches, let's say, 30-some passes for 650 yards. But I think he'll be the most statistically productive player out of this year's draft. So thanks, Stan. That was an easy one for me. And then finally, George out of Nebraska. That's another first time. I don't believe we've had Nebraska represented here. That corn huskies. George writes, what is the high floor, low ceiling talk with Pickett? Can you explain? I absolutely can. So, George, basically what a lot of the evaluators, writers speak about when they're talking about Kenny Pickett is that He's got a high floor, which means he's already developed and grown into a prospect who can come in and contribute and play right away in an NFL system so that you're getting a very polished product. So that's the high floor. The low ceiling is the argument that he doesn't have much more room for growth to get better. Basically, what you see is what you get. That's the biggest criticism about Kenny Pickett. That's where a lot of people like to say that he's not going to be elite. But we don't know that. You can, Again, you can take data points and statistics, measurables, qualitative data from things that coaches and other players have said and try to use that to project how a player is going to grow and develop, but you can't. It's an inexact science. What you're really doing when you're looking at that information is finding historical precedent for players who fit similar profiles and what their success was and using that to make judgments on how these players will round out. But here's the thing. It's very individual. You you have to take into account the situation that the player is going into, the organization, the personnel that surrounds him. How hungry is the guy? How dedicated and devoted is he to his craft? What are the resources that he has physically in terms of his characteristics, arm strength, mobility, all those things. And that's the beauty. I always talk about the beauty of the NFL is there's the unknown. You just don't know. Just like any given Sunday, it is true. Any given draft prospect. Look, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. So was Antonio Brown. The draft is a crapshoot. 
try as you might to do your homework and to know every facet of a player, you won't know until you see it on the field. So I understand the high floor, low ceiling argument, but give this guy a chance to show what he's all about. George out of Nebraska, thank you for your question. And that's gonna do it, that's the bag. That's the bag here today for May 7, 2022. My gratitude to you, thank you. Yins beautiful, beautiful studyins for joining me here on another Steelers Saturday mailbag. Thank you so much, means a lot to me. Let's connect, we could do that one of three ways, comment, email, tweet, you know how to do it. Check out the podcast that I do with Wexel over on his site, the Still City Insider Podcast. It is linked in the show notes. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Check out the latest edition of the Still Study Podcast. And remember, on this rainy Saturday here in Pennsylvania, not everybody is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but you most certainly are. Peace, everyone. Have a great weekend and happy Mother's Day.